say right foot creep, ooh, I'm walking with that heater Look around, stay low, make sure they don't see you Catch some bad, walk down, face them with that heater The devil under your feature on your way to see him Stretch me when I can't sleep, bang on when I see you Play with me, you can't sleep, we got into the seashoe You won't have no case, we range your shit soon as they face you You won't have no space, we ain't your sex until we spray you Put your mask on, they coming off you're listening to 2, 5, and 10, your source for bullshit-free NHL news, analysis, and insights. Now, here are your hosts, Kevin Naughton and Ben Stewart. Welcome, 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 everybody, to the... I just took so much NyQuil that if I pass out during this episode, don't mind the snoring. Benny, what up, baby? We were... About to record earlier in the week, and then your power went out, and now we're as we start recording now. I have lightning sirens going off here in Oklahoma, so my power might drop out randomly. <laughs> just, just not meant to have this one, apparently. Yeah, but I think it's fitting. It's kind of like uh, how the Rangers have been started off the season strong, and now we're kind of messing around with the uh, power a little bit. So, <laughs> yeah. Um. But we'll get to the Bruins and Rangers in a few minutes here, but figured we start off with some of the news around the league. Um, I think the three big ones, at least in the, in the last seven to ten days, the first one is the William Nylander deal. So the Maple Leafs are continuing the trend of only being able to pay their forwards and then vet minimums on every other position. Uh, it's been working they- good for them. <laughs> An eight-year deal worth $92 million. Uh, it is the largest contract in Maple Leafs history by total value and includes a full no-movement clause for the entire eight years. Mistake. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, they're banking on, like they have with Marner and Matthews, obviously, of, you're locking up these young franchise guys and they're going to outperform the uh, contract on a yearly basis in terms of the value that they bring. The only issue is, is Nylander on a Marner and Matthews level? And even if he is, when you're living in a salary cap world, even with the cap expected to go up over the next few years, the, the reason why they haven't been able to get over the hump and the reason why they've been struggling a little bit this year, I know health has been an issue, is Defense and goaltending, and yet they keep – I mean, Nylander is a good player, but, like, you can't keep just locking up every good forward that you have and then try and scrape together a 21-man roster. Yeah, I mean, it, it's putting the peanut butter extremely thin all around here. <laughs> like, one of the uh, things that I took yesterday was <coughs> – so the Leafs cap hits next season just for these players. Matthews, 13.25. Nylander, 11.5, Tavares, 11 million, Marner, 10.9, Riley, 7.5, comes out to Uh, (laughs) 54.15. The Winnipeg Jets cap hits for next season. All of their forwards, 44.39 mil. For all Uh, of them. (laughs) Josh Morrissey, 6.25 mil. Connor Hellebuck, $8.5 million for a total of $59.14 million. And that's not including uh, restricted free agent Cole Perfetti. So, Can I ask, with that yeah. comparison, if you had to pick a roster for the next 
two seasons only, which roster, if you were basically like a GM candidate, right? Like both GMs are gone and you're being interviewed by Winnipeg and Toronto, which would be your top pick to go in and be GM of? Oh, hands down, I'm going with Winnipeg. They have a goalie. Because you had the franchise goalie. They have a goalie. They have somewhere to start. Like, yeah. Listen, their forwards or their lack of going in the postseason is not due to these forwards. These forwards have performed in the playoffs. They've scored goals, big goals for this team. Yeah, it's everybody else. And if everybody else isn't getting better, like you, you want to front load everything, but I don't know, man. That's a mistake. That is a mistake. And they still have. <coughs> Tavares has one more year next season at 11. Marner has one more year guaranteed UFA. I, I'm i just curious to see if after next season they try to reshape their look, if they get rid of the two of them and then they're out, you know, $21 million in cap space. Well, do not keep them both. The issue is uh, Matthews might leave just because – yeah, he only they signed might. that bridge. It was like a four-year bridge deal. Yeah, because they can't afford him. Marner might leave because he wants to be his like the guy. And I don't know if he is that type of. I mean, he's a great forward, but I don't know if he's like if he's your number one, number one forward as you're heading into the postseason. Do you have a forward group that's able to win a Stanley Cup? But. Going back to Nylander, is he a franchise forward or is he just like a really good forward that's having a career year? I have never been a massive William Nylander guy. I think he is having a great year, an outstanding year. A like, I don't want to take anything away from him. But where has all this other production been? I mean, this was a contract year, and, and they gave him a contract. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I, I love Brad Treveling, but I, I think this one's a mistake. And my thing is, the I will no movement. Got, that's crazy. I know. So you're basically building around William, William Nylander. <laughs> yeah. And my thing is, you have him under contract the rest of this season. Like you didn't have to sign him to the deal, and obviously, it's uh, you don't want to lose him for nothing, right? Um, but you got to look at it in terms of cap management. I would have traded him. His value is never going to be higher. Mm-hmm. I would have dealt him at this deadline, and obviously, like superstar deals, you never get back the equivalent because otherwise the team that's trading for that guy is not going to have a competitive roster. But I would have unloaded him for a young young forward or top four young defenseman and a boatload of picks and then been able to use that money to not only retain my other two guys but have more flexibility to bring in maybe a top four defenseman. And then the defenseman you got back in that trade plus the picks. So that's something I would have looked at. And I would have um, – Looked at possibly, I don't know, you look at Anaheim, you look at Philly, teams like that that have the young players and the picks that can absorb that type of deal and need a franchise guy. <coughs> well, that, that was just my thought. And I, I know they're going to go for it this year, but you don't go for it 
all out in one year by giving a guy $90 million in the next eight. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, the only other thing for them, too, just looking at it, um, that Jake Muzzin deal is ending oh. at the end of this year, so all that LTIR they've been using will no longer be there. And neither yep. will be Klingburn or Murray. So that is I, all real money next year, unless they're trading to put somebody for a long-term contract on it. Well, then you're filling it, your bottom four of guys like Simmons and Reeves and everything else for the next eight years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, by the way, Matt Murray, the other night, got his first career shutout. Interesting. Okay. And I was like, that that couldn't be right. And the NHL posted it on their Instagram. I was like, how is a guy who wins... I mean, he was never a franchise franchise guy, but he was the number one on some good Pittsburgh teams. He's won a, a cup, never had a shutout before this. I mean, I guess in a regular season. I'm sure he's had one in the postseason, but I just thought I was like, holy shit, that's kind of random. Yeah, no shit. So, all right, so the Nylander deal there, and then the other big transaction that we have to get to is the drama going on with the Philadelphia Flyers. Um there what is he, fifth overall he was drafted in 2022? Yep. Um, Cutter Um Apparently, they were having trouble signing him to his entry-level deal. Um, and then they tried to meet with him. I mean, it's new brass. You have Danny Briere and you have uh, Jonesy. Yeah. Jones. They tried to meet with him <laughs> at the World Juniors, and he refused to meet with them. So apparently, it got back to the Flyers that – he had no intention of ever playing in Philadelphia. And instead of word leaking out, and then it's like a public trade negotiation, I got to give them credit. They're like, all right, fuck you. You don't want to be a flyer. You're not going to be one, which is what they said at the press conference. And they moved quick to get rid of him while his it, value was still high. I am A-okay with that. The yep. thing that bothers me the most about this is they went, like, I'm a big common courtesy guy. They flew all the way out to Sweden, and you won't even meet with them? Yeah, that's bullshit, dude. Like, that is Bush League of all Bush League. Yep, but didn't state his issues, blah, blah, blah. I heard part of it was that he wanted to sign over the summer and be in camp, and they told him to go back to school. And I heard that that had pissed them off, but they also didn't want to burn a year of his entry level. Yeah. And he was just not happy about that, not pleased. And <coughs> then everything else they said had come out about not wanting to be a flyer, not wanting to play in Philadelphia. And I I don't know. I'm like, dude, you're in the NHL. like, or, <laughs> go, or going to the NHL. There was no question he was going to the NHL. Yep. And, and he, had, he had a great World Juniors. Um, I mean. Yo, kid can shoot the puck. He is an absolute yeah, sniper. Good. Legit prospect, 6'3", great speed, can skate like the wind, and as you as you just said, great shot. Um, I think this is a good trade for both teams. Like, obviously, so the Flyers traded him to Anaheim for Jamie Drysdale and a second-round pick in next year's draft, 2025. Obviously, Drysdale isn't at the prospect level of a Cutter Gauthier, but he's still a pretty good defense prospect, and he was kind of blocked in Anaheim. And he's had some injuries, so he hasn't developed. But the Flyers bring in a guy who they're going to give plenty of ice time to. And oh, yeah. They're going to get to see what he has, and having that second-round pick also helps, which I thought it was interesting that they went for 2025 and not 2024 because, to me, that tells me 
they're expecting to be legit contenders next season, and then they have an extra second-round pick to use at the deadline. That's my takeaway from that. But they get a top-four defenseman or top-five who can potentially develop into more as an offensive producer. And Anaheim gets another forward. and Is he a center or a wing? Uh, but you have him, you have Zegras, you have McTavish, you have Carlson, like yeah, Troy Terry. Yeah, you're Troy stacked Terry, up front. Pretty legit. I mean, there's also rumors that Pavrobik is putting Zegras on a block. I I heard that rumor as well. <laughs> and then it came out today, Zegras is out two months because he uh, broke his ankle. So <laughs> yeah, I um. So for Drysdale, for a kid who's 21 years old, right shot, right puck moving defenseman. Yep, right hand shot is key. So he's going to go there and learn a tort system. So automatically, he's going to become a great defensive defenseman. But then on the other end, if what everything's saying is true of Torts does not want to put the reins on him, he basically said the kid skates good enough, he can be a rover. If he's going to get that type of air it out, this kid won. I he's mean, just got to stay healthy. Yeah, legit. I know injuries have been a problem the last two years for him. And um, they actually asked him that in the press conference. They were like, you know, you had the leg injury, a groin earlier this year, the shoulder last year. Like, how are you physically? And all he said was, you know, I'm, he didn't say I'm great. He just said, I can play. Oof. So... I mean, obviously, they waived the physical on this one. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, obviously, it's just they, they sent the report with them and said these are the you know established things that are already there. But, I mean, the kid's playing, can move the puck. I, I think he landed in a great spot for him. And, I mean, even though Philadelphia is making a quote-unquote playoff push right now, Which I, I would – I would love to see them make the playoffs. I think that would be great. I I also got to say, I know this is random, and it didn't seem like a big deal when I announced it, and it got kind of like made fun of a little bit on social media over the summer. But the new they went back to the old shade of orange this year on their home sweaters, mm-hmm. and it just looks so much better than the bright traffic cone orange that they were like the last, what, eight to ten years. Yep. Uh, it just looks so much better. I know that's random, but, you know, I'm a Jersey guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, and by the way, Torts saying, oh, I'll let this guy ro- be a rover. Like, holy shit, did Torts, like, turn over a new leaf? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Torts must be big on him, which for that kid is huge. If you're going in there and he's giving you the keys to the car, you drive the car. I mean, if I – if I knew that I could get Gauthier, I mean, I'd give up Zach Jones in a first-round pick. I'm going to top that off or anything. But um, the other thing that came out was a rumor that was started. I don't even know the reporter. And then he he said it on like a podcast with Chris Terrian mm-hmm. um, that Kevin Hayes had something to do with Gauthier not wanting to play in Philly. And Terrian agreed saying, yep, Def, absolutely. Had, this has hazy all over it. Now, like, and, do you think this is just because they both went to BC and they're just like, oh, you know, it, it has to stem from somewhere? Because 
Torts' reaction to this is great. Like, like out of this yeah. world, I thought it was incredible. But like, yeah, when he said, uh, "Is that guy here?" and he's like, "Yep, I'm here," and he goes, "What horse shit?" And he's yeah. like, "Weezy and I had an issue. We worked it out." He's like, "That's gonna follow him." And it's going to stay with him. He's like, and you guys don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I love when Torts goes off like that. He's got I, his boys back. I was saying, he's not wrong either. I mean, like you said, he, he said, Hazy's a good man. You know, yeah. me and him had a disagreement about the way we played. It wasn't anything else. So, yep. yeah, I mean, for the coach to come out and say it, to finally put, you know, I'm sure ill rumors to bed over years and years is probably another good thing, too. Reassurance. But now on the other end, it's like, where did that guy come up with it? Because, I mean, call me crazy, right? Hazy loved playing in New York. And I understand the city is a different animal than Philadelphia. But the fans are are probably on the same level of crazy and passionate, no? So I, I just don't get as to how this was like Kevin Hayes has his hands all over this thing was crazy. I mean, it was probably just him connecting the dots in his own head where, I mean, as a reporter, he's probably gotten to not know personally, but he's gotten to see Hayes' personality and he knows that there was an issue with him and Torts and the Flyers and then he was just left and then the BC thing, like you said. So he was probably like, oh, you know, maybe Hayes said, you don't want to play in Philly because, especially under Torts. And I was just surprised that a former player like Terrian would be like, oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I don't know. It was strange, but um, maybe, maybe too many shots to the head during that long career. <laughs> it, it could happen. <laughs> um, and then the other news here. So Connor Bedard uh, out six to eight weeks with a broken jaw um, that he suffered uh, playing the Devils in New Jersey on a hit. Open ice hit by Brendan Smith. Clean hit. Uh, Bedard still feels like he's uh, pirouetting around, uh, you know, teenage boys. And Brendan Smith walking into the NHL about, you know, tip, tiptoeing and dancing over the blue line like he doesn't have to worry about anything with his head down. Yeah, I mean, like you said, clean hit. To me, it didn't even look like that hard of a hit. Definitely unfortunate. You know, Smith's a bigger guy, so shoulder right on the jaw. But there's nothing wrong with that hit. And then, you know, on the other end of it, yes, the league is missing a incredible talent for six to eight weeks. But we have Nick Foligno step in after, big bad Nick, and God bless him for still doing it, right? You know, he's going to defend the new the rookie, blah, blah, blah. Gets into a fight with Brendan Smith, breaks his finger. Now he's out four to six weeks on LTIR. Just not a good look at all for Chicago as a whole. Just even when you yeah. go to fight and defend the kid, you get hurt too. Just how many guys or old school guys would have said, if I took that hit and I went to the bench, when all they would have said is, keep your head up, kid. Yeah. That's 100% what it is here. Like he still thinks he's in the Western Hockey League and he's fast enough or quick enough to make that move and get by the defenseman. Obviously, NHL size and skill introduced him to, no, you're wrong, and (laughs) this is what we have here. Unfortunate circumstance. Yeah. Um, And speaking of Bedard, so Corey Perry was basically given a green light to sign with any team. I'm sure he's 
if he does sign with the team, it'll be a veteran league minimum deal, which as soon as that was announced, I messaged you and I was like, bring him to New York. I hate Corey Perry, but the Rangers could use a guy like that. And there's probably a couple other teams that if they do their background work on exactly what happened in Chicago and it wasn't anything severely crossing the line, I think Chicago had to play it extra cautious with everything that's happened over the last few years. Um, But Perry's free to sign. I think he would be a good fit, which I can get into when we talk about the Rangers in a few. But um, do you think he'll get a deal this season or is it something where he might not get a deal and he might just hang it up over the summer? I think it's the latter of what you said. That's just a personal opinion. But I also saw a thing today that said – uh, he's already been offered a contract with a Canadian club that has playoff potential. So I don't know if that's Winnipeg Vancouver. or what. Yeah, so I, I don't know. Um, it's definitely Vancouver or Tocket, dude. <laughs> a guy that fits the mold for him, absolutely. Yep. So we'll see. Um any other news that we want to touch on before we get into the Bruins and Rangers here? Um, I mean, nothing's popping in my head, so. All right. So how your boys been doing? Um, so this is where I dropped the ball. A, a little Uh-oh. bit of, a little bit of the real world has taken over for me where I had work on <coughs> Sunday morning at at 2, went in and I worked all day till midnight. So I didn't catch the Saturday night game against Tampa. Looked like we did pretty good with the final result. All right. Um, We have a Monday. Was it Monday? Yes, a Monday night game in Colorado, which I, yet again, I, I came back after, you know, working 24, then coming home. For, you know, a couple hours, nap, back to work. That night, not happening. Out cold. And then uh, we end up losing in the shootout. And then we play back-to-back and we lose against Arizona. Um, From the games previous to that, it seemed like we kind of got our mojo back a little bit. But the games before that, we were skidding. And we weren't getting help. Our best players were being our best players, but we weren't getting anything behind them. And then it finally seemed like we kind of got back to that team scheme and on that three, four game winning streak that we had, you know, we were getting great contribution. Everyone seemed to be playing, you know, the checking line was being a great checking line, like across the board, it was good. But one thing, and I mean, this was the beginning of the year, which was a concern is the overall depth of the team and behind, you know, our big guys, are we okay? And I don't know. And one other thing that I'm just throwing out there is Hampus Lindholm this year. Woof. Like, I I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's carryover from the broken foot from last year's playoffs, but he has been on every D pairing this whole year, still has not really found a home, kind of looks lost out there at times. Looks slow as fuck, dude. Looks slower, like 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 he's lost a step or two. Like that's why I don't know if it's the foot and maybe it's recurring. Like I don't know, but just watching him, it's like 
something is up. Obviously, I mean, we'll never know till the end of the season or something like yeah. that. But it's just if he's having this much difficulty already, like, hey, we're an okay hockey club, right? Like, we're first in the in the Metro. Like, we're doing good. I'm sorry, in the Atlantic. Like, we're doing good. You can give him a couple nights off. And I understand he's a competitor and he might not want to do it or maybe that's showing your hand that something's wrong with him. Give him a couple of days. Like, like just relax. It's okay. But I just, I don't know. I mean, it, it's too much. You got Florida right on your ass. Yeah, well, that's what, dude. Okay, we dropped a second in the in the conference, the division. That's fine. Like, we we don't need to win this division to be in a certain spot. It's just, <coughs> I would rather all the horses be healthy at this point. Yeah. Well, you hopefully you get over this, you know, the bug. I know you've been toughing it out. For, like it's a conference final game tonight for the podcast. So oh, appreciate my, my- it. My, my Jordan flu game here. <laughs> um, for the Rangers, I wish I haven't been able to watch lately. Um, again, can't complain too much overall for the season when you're first in the division like the Bruins are and the Rangers. You know, we're, we're basically trading back and forth every other night who's leading the Eastern Conference in points. Um, but there's been some cracks showing lately. And some of it is tangible on the ice, and some of it is team character. And the on-ice stuff is just, you know, teams adjust. I will say there's a, like I've said all season, there's a noticeable difference between how the Rangers are structured and playing this year versus the last two to three years. Laviolette is an obvious improvement over Gallant when it comes to system and structure. And structure, oh yeah, big time. And... He's him and his coaching staff has finally solved the issue of the Rangers never being able to win a fucking faceoff. So now we're first in the NHL in faceoff percentage. Um, power play is still great. PK were fifth, so you're first in a power play, fifth in PK. Shesterkin uh, has started to bounce back. Fox is back and healthy and starting to produce again now. Um, the issue for me with the on ice stuff is. The transition game when you're on a back check. They lose guys, especially like the last, I don't know, two and a half weeks. And again, like I said, all the teams adjust to the system. So now it's maybe time for the Rangers and Laviolette to kind of fine tune some things here. But we, first of all, we don't have a lot of team speed, right? And I that was one of my big concerns when we were doing our season preview of this is a slow team. And they like to play a little bit slow outside of like a guy like Kreider or Mika. But we're getting beat on a back check. Like even tonight when we're playing the Blues, we're just getting beat. And then the guys that are back, they're kind of floating into the defensive zone. And their heads are on a swivel. But they, they're looking to the left when it plays to the right. And then looking to the right when it plays to the left. And then guys are finding the seam and getting in and getting deflection goals or uh, – beating Shisterkin up high like Kairou has done twice tonight. So that's the on-ice issue where I'm sure a guy like Laviolette and Phil Housley will be able to sort that out. So that's not too concerning. And again, Mika Zibanejad's not playing tonight. He has the flu. Apparently he's been going around the team. So the last, you know, we lost 6-3 at home to the Canucks. Canucks look fucking dangerous, dude. Yes. Um... 
We're losing tonight to St. Louis. I'm just chalking it up to like there are guys probably playing right now that are gassed. So it happens to every team around the league. So that's the other thing. The intangible thing is uh, the last episode we recorded was, hey, guys, January 2nd, payback game. We're playing Carolina at MSG. We're going to get after Ajo for that hit that he knocked out Fox for the 10 games. Nothing. Nothing. They went after Kakademi a little bit, but nothing against Ajo. I mean, the fans booed him every time he touched the puck. You would think that would remind some of these guys of like, oh, hey, yeah, he fucked over our Norris Trophy defenseman. Maybe we should do something. That was my first, like, uh-oh. And then a second one is there's – and again, Panarin's having an MVP type year with production – but there's nobody on this team that is a fuck it, I'll drag you guys to the promised land personality. Nobody. And I know Truba plays hard, but he's not an offensive producer. Like, there's nobody on this team that's just going to physically will a team or wake the team up by doing something. And I'm not saying that that's something that can get solved in season, but. It's been noticeable the last couple of years, and again, it's just rearing its head where it's like, even our bottom six guys, like, VC's fine, Benino's, you know, he's slow as fuck, but he can win a face-off, and he eats pucks like it's lunchtime. But there's nobody who's like, I don't know how to explain it, like... Even in Carolina, you have Nosen and even a guy like Brendan Lemieux. I'm not saying we need somebody like that, but like there's guys that just kind of get the juices going. Yep. Follow me. And Ra- yep. yep. And the Rangers don't have that. And that's why I would say maybe Corey Perry on your fourth line. Get some get the fucking juices going a little bit here. And Will Cooley's been good as a rookie, but he's a rookie. You can't expect him to fucking lead your team here in terms of mentality and physicality. So mm-hmm. That's something that, you know, the Rangers are looking at the deadline. Kako is about to come back. So hopefully he slides into that first line right wing spot and takes grasp of that for the rest of the year. But when the Rangers are looking at possibly a 3C, because Heedle had to go back to the Czech Republic um, for a mental reset after the concussion issue, or even another top nine winger. Maybe it's not so much about, like, we need to get the most dangerous guy. We need to get the ballsy guy. And I'm not saying a goon, and I'm not saying a guy who has one goal in a year, but he hits everything that moves. But somebody who has some fucking sandpaper to the game, too. Get the, get the, Like I said, get the juices going a little bit here. It can't always be Truba. It can't always be him. He's the captain. He's an important defenseman. He can't be off the ice for fucking 15 minutes at a time. You guys uh, getting uppy out of retirement? Ah, dude. Like, exactly. Somebody like Upshaw, who just fucking is a kamikaze, but he can drop in 15 goals, 20 goals in a year. Just a little bit of helps, yeah. Just a little bit. So, I mean, Blake Wheeler is dead. The corpse of Blake Wheeler is like, I mean... I, I like tapping myself on the back, but I knew saw this coming from a mile away. The guy's fucking toast. So he's on a fourth line now. Uh, Will Cooley took a spot on top line until Kako comes back next week. Bring in Perry. Put him on a fourth line. 
have a fourth line of VC, Benino, and Perry, or Goodrow, VC, and Perry. Um, find a 3C if you don't think Hedl's coming back and you can just put his cap on long-term IR. And then bring in another top nine w- right winger and fucking ride. Like, let's figure it out here. I'll start coming up with some names now that now what they're in January and send them over to you like I do every year. Like, here's my top trade targets. <laughs> yeah, this is who we need to be better. Yeah. Yeah, so that's the thing, and you know, the structure is good. Just got to fix the transition. Um, once Igor is fully back, we'll start sealing some games here and there when the boys need them to. Um, but yeah, I mean, you got Florida on your ass. And now we have Carolina, uh, only five points behind us. So we'll see what's going on here. Creeping. Yep. So anyway. Other than that, let's do some uh, Game of the Week, Lock of the Week. What do you think? I am A-OK with that, my friend. All right. So (laughs) I'll do Lock of the Week just because you went first last time. Uh, My Lock of the Week is going to be this Saturday. I'm going to go... (sighs) I'm changing my pick midstream right now. I'm going I'm going to Toronto Maple Leafs at home over the Colorado Avalanche. <coughs> I like that. My game of the week is What day is it? Uh, where is that? Oh my god. I just lost it. My screen fucking buffered. Um again, Saturday night in Miami. New Jersey against the Florida Panthers. I that was my pick. I like that one as well. Even though um, Hughesy again upper body injury, the guy has the upper body of a fucking polio patient. Um, <laughs> my other game of the week because I know we won't be recording with this quick of a turnaround. I really like uh, Seattle and the way they're playing right now. And on Maybe Tuesday, Washington tonight. Uh, well, on Tuesday they're playing at MSG, so I think that'd be a good game. Um, as for my lock of the week, and I don't want it to sound Homerish, but I'm going to the game Monday with the Strat Daddy Bruins, Bruins over Devils Monday afternoon at one. I'm gonna call a three point night for Dawson Mercer. Yeah, uh, hopefully it's in front of me. Well, the only problem, <laughs> the only problem is last time me and Stratty saw a Bruins Devils game together. I don't remember where I ended up, how, and. Oh, that, the, yeah, that's when uh, I was there with you boys. Yes, the, the streets of Newark just ate us up, spit us out, and t- yeah, I don't know. What a place. And that was the night I got to meet uh, the king in person the king. for the yep. first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a good time. That was a fucking time it was. To, <laughs> to go from Boston to Newark and then back all in a day and in the shape we came home in. Oh, that was <laughs> God. Bless. I remember, I remember the first thing you told me when we met up at the rock, you're like, dude, we got off the highway and we made one turn and we're like, there's a hockey team in this neighborhood. <laughs> uh, dude, like, <coughs> so we get off. I think it was the Jersey turnpike or freeway, yep. whatever it was. And we end up coming down it and we get off and we get gas in Newark. And apparently when we saw Greggy first thing, he started laughing at us and he goes, you never get gas in Newark. Go, 
Yeah. Uh, would have been good to know before we got gas in Newark. So thanks, Greg. Yeah, stop at the uh, rest areas on a turnpike. Don't get off the turnpike and go into the Newark or Trenton. <laughs> so we get uh, after we get gas, we come back on this thing. And now I guess we're in downtown there. And we come around this bend and there's nobody. It, it's like a ghost town. And then you go a little bit further in and now it's like almost one of those movies where like you think they like go for the deserted look and they're blowing like newspapers around and shit. Like that's what we're driving into. And like, <laughs> like Stratty's looking at me. I'm looking at Stratty in the back seat. Billy's driving and he's like, yeah, are we in the right spot? I'm like, according to the GPS, we are like, I don't know. And then we went a little bit further. We saw civilization, but I was like, people driving and out of here every day to go to work that's um welcome to the nhl yeah and it's a good spot to put a <laughs> hockey team that has trouble drawing to begin with um i know they've been better especially since Hughes was drafted but i'm sure they were expecting to revitalize the downtown of newark not so much <laughs> well well that was the other thing it's like the actual arena itself is beautiful nice yeah, beautiful I love the brick, arena, yeah. like clean nice looking arena but everywhere around it was like, we're missing something. Like, something's not adding up here. So It's like when the Islanders were playing it in uh, Hempstead at Uniondale. Yeah. It was like, all right. <laughs> so, all right. Any shout-outs this week? Uh, shout-outs this week. I got one for Uncle James, and he actually touched base with me off air, and he said uh, we, we should set up like a Google email so people can email questions, thoughts, concerns, and we can pick one a week or something like that, which I thought was a pretty good idea. I okay. just, uh, I've just been beat up this week, so I haven't fucking done anything. So we'll try to set Maybe something Maybe we should like start that. doing uh, a video <laughs> podcast, too, where people get to see our lovely faces as we talk. Well, I'll say that they can see my uh, dilapidated basement. I'm sure they'll be all pumped <laughs> up about that. Yes, it is, uh, it is unfinished, and it does probably look like that 70s show down here. So, yeah. I mean, if you're not going to be doing any more work to it, then isn't it really finished? It's as finished as I'll let it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Hat trick for Jordan Cairo, by the way, just scored 4-1. No, that's not going to make you happy. So, not playing well. But anyway, so, all right. It's a Thursday as we're recording this. Like you said, we probably won't record next week uh, unless something crazy happens. Um, so, probably early the following week. And... Uh, unfortunately, so I'm going to be going to Vegas for a work trip at the end of the month and the Golden Knights. Yeah. The Golden Knights aren't in town. Unfortunately, that would have been great to go to a game and get that, that atmosphere, but we'll see. We're going to the sphere though. I'll say if you just have to do a, one of those Caesars pool parties, I'm sure you'll suffice. You'll be okay. Yeah. I was like, maybe I should, I asked when we check in, like, so Caesar actually lived here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I heard the scenery at those pool parties is uh, out of this world. Uh, we'll see. I'll let you know. Yeah, let me know. I'll, I'll be waiting patiently. Yeah, my shout out, by the way, quick shout out this week is for Redder for having to take care of my pookie. <laughs> oh, dude, babysat me. She knows it's bad when I'll actually take a sick day from work and I won't leave the house. Like, believe me, I've and taken took sick days. I took two and. I probably should have taken today. I probably should have taken three today, but I think I was just going a little stir crazy just to get out of the house. But 
Yeah. Tomorrow's Friday, so it's almost the weekend. Yeah, exactly. But we have more snow in the forecast for Tuesday, so hurry up and get better so we can do it all over again. Fucking Oklahoma, dude. So starting tomorrow, it's going to be high temperature 22. Then Saturday is high temperature of 7. And Sunday is a high temperature of 2. And the wind chills on Saturday and Sunday are going to be negative 30 to negative 45. That sounds awesome. And then we're getting a snowstorm on Sunday on top of it. So I was like, I thought this was fucking Oklahoma. I should have done a little bit more research about the winters here. (laughs) Well, well, yeah, it becomes the Arctic too. Yep, the the cyclone or the bomb cyclone. (laughs) Yes, so so Oklahoma Smoke Show was only in the summer. Exactly. Good noted. I'll, I'll make sure of that. All right, so we'll see you guys in a week and a half. Hopefully by then the Rangers and Bruins get their heads out of their asses and we can start being happy again. India, bye-bye. Bye-bye. They came in thinking top dollar To that old cotton crop farmer They knocked on his screen door and he said Lord, what you need, boys? And they said, You know, all the others went and cashed out. We got the subdivision all mapped out. It'll sit right here on this land. And you could leave town a rich man. And he said, Boys, whatever you're offering, it won't be enough. Cause I got. Little girl that used to swing right there I still see her pink bow in her brown hair She's in the big city but she still calls home What's she gonna do if she comes back and we're gone? And over there under that white oak tree Beneath the cross is where my best buddy's buried Lasted 13 hunting seasons running strong Keep your money cause a man can't leave his dog And over there's where I got down on one knee You can't buy that kind of dirt